This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce. For Tuesday, March 2nd, it is, what time is it? 12.16 a.m. I thought you were going to steal my, uh, pretty much my only thing that I really am good at on the show. Yeah, I couldn't take that away from you. My dad is very impressed with your ability to tell the time on this show. Oh, that's good. He told me that. You must have an extremely low uh, perception of me. (laughs) <laughs> well, he's right. impressed with my ability to read four numbers yeah there you go what's up mr levin hope you're doing good um big news day in the nba unfortunately we uh it's something that we've been talking about on this show for a while sort of anticipating it reading the tea leaves as they say lloyd pierce fired by the atlanta hawks today after their last loss the other night to the miami heat That'll be a bit, that'll be probably the big story we talk about today. There were, or there are seven games to talk about. There's one game still in progress. The Blazers are beating the Hornets by 10 with about 10 minutes to go. But if we learn anything last night about the Hornets, we are probably set up for an electric ending to this game because on one side, you got Damian Lillard. And on the other side, you got Malik Monk. Thank you. I was worried you were going to go the Lamelo Ball route, who's very good. But Lamelo Ball is uh, is we were talking electric. The kid's electric. I know you love Malik Monk, and you know what? Malik Monk's having a great year. I have a, a special bond with Malik Monk. I love that guy. It's rare. I will say this: it's very rare. I think that you just that uh, that like as a fan. You have like a random love affair with a role player who has essentially done nothing his whole career. And then as soon as you profess that love publicly on a podcast, he becomes one of the best six men in the league. <laughs> Just starts balling out. I mean, I knew he had it in him. Won me quite a bit of money last night, Joey. Malik. Monk. I know. I know he did. I know he did. And, and obviously, and I think I'm glad that they're playing right now because it allows us to address that game last night. Cause we specifically on the show, I said, I don't care about this game. I don't, want to talk about it it means nothing (laughs) but it is the fact that luke walton has a job and these other two guys don't is crazy but the kings were up like eight with like a minute left yep and with a minute 13 and charlotte came back and won i think i saw a stat or maybe you texted me was it like the kings went one of seven from the free throw line to finish the game i don't know the exact number that was not me who texted you by the way but they, or I read it somewhere. I don't know. They went. They it was really bad. They missed a lot. It was probably one of seven. If that's what you saw. Yeah, I mean, I know you were like fully torqued 
over over that yeah, game. That so was... I thought maybe you were texting me stats about it. Oh, just just raving about Malik Monk. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in this game because they're now down by sixteen mm-hmm. with nine minutes, eight, ten minutes to go. But Malik Monk, he'll keep you. He'll keep you alive. Yeah, he will keep you alive. Uh, Magic Johnson also had a big day today. Now, I think for those of you, I mean, if you if you listen to the show, you you must be a pretty big NBA fan because it's a daily NBA show, and you that then you know that Magic Johnson's Twitter presence is absurd. He just tweets. He just tweets stats about it, it's it's like the most. He doesn't say anything. He literally says nothing in his tweets, but it's become this whole thing. People love it because of how, like, no one knows. Is he serious? Is he joking? Is this like a bit? Or does he does he think he's saying something? It's just this whole weird thing with magic, but it's been going on for a long time, and he keeps doing it. But today, in the middle of the day, literally the middle of the day, he reeled off six straight of these tweets that now I'm starting to think that either he or whoever runs his social media is, is in on the bit because he went, this was in the middle of the day on a Monday, the March 1st, no games going on, nothing going on. These six tweets reeled off within an hour. Hit me. After winning their sixth straight game, the Miami Heat are starting to resemble the team that went to the NBA Finals last season. They're currently tied for fifth in the East, led by Jimmy Butler, averaging 20 points per game, eight rebounds per game, and eight assists per game. <laughs> okay. They get, they get so, they, they just get, they just keep, they get weird. Tyler Hero is, so this is the next one. Tyler Hero is averaging 17 points per game. Duncan Robinson, 13 points per game. Bam Adebayo is averaging 19 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, and shooting 56% from the field, exclamation point. That's the whole tweet. Can I, I, before you continue, it reads to me, it sounds to me like he thinks he has like some like exclusive access to very basic stats that nobody <laughs> else can re- like he has to let everybody else know about these stats because nobody else can find them anywhere okay but just listen to this okay Jonas Valanciunas is having an excellent year averaging 16 points per game 11 rebounds per game and <laughs> shooting 55 percent from the field exclamation point his Grizzlies are tied for ninth seed in the west <laughs> <laughs> What Jonas Valanciunas is that's like an average year for him, right? I don't know. Sixteen points is seems a little high, but just okay. It's just such a random. Here we go. The next one. This is the fourth one. The L.A. Clippers have one of the best benches in the NBA, led by Lou Williams, averaging twelve points per game, which is an awful year for Lou Williams. Mm-hmm. Like one of his worst years in recent memory that I can think of. Zubat averaging eight points per game and seven rebounds per game. Marcus Morris Sr. averaging 12 points per game, four rebounds per game, and shooting 46% from three. End tweet. I've got a theory, and I think I'm dead on. I'll let you finish the tweets first. There's two more. The fifth one. Pascal Siakam is having a sneaky good season, averaging 20 points per game, seven and a half rebounds per game, and five assists per game. His Raptors are tied for fifth seed in the East. (laughs) And then... Clint Capello was awesome in Houston and is doing the same thing in Atlanta, averaging 15 points per game, a league high 14 rebounds per game, and is shooting 59% from the field. What's your theory? There's no way they're not in on it. 
it sounds to me like Magic Johnson just got his hands on his first batch of Top Shot cards and is trying to boost the value of these things <laughs> so he can sell them. It's the only, it's, there's no connection between anything he's saying except for the Heat players early on. And then it's just like, is he trying to like boost these di- these guys' reputation? I, I don't know. The Valanciunas thing is like, okay, they're, they're not serious anymore. Right. But how could you land on that player? It's That's you, what I mean. Unless you literally just like, like picked at random on your computer screen, the first guy that you saw. I think the Grizzlies had a good game yesterday or yeah. two nights ago. So maybe, uh, you know what I mean? Like these are all, the only thing I can, the only thing I can glean from it is all of these guys played two nights ago. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was looking through box scores of the games. I guess, but none of those numbers that like you just read out, none of them you're like, oh wow, like it's they're all like, yeah, okay, got it, wow, got it, wow, got it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I just <laughs> there's something. I think they're in on it now, which to me makes it not as cool. Definitely not. Yeah, that that's if they're in on it and they're like something cool. Yeah, if they're like trying now to make people mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, magic. But I'm still not convinced that he's in, he's in on it. I think he's just in a weird state. I would say this. I'll take Magic Johnson's Twitter over Kendrick Perkins' fake Magic Johnson Twitter all day. All day. That guy's the worst. He's the worst. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some real ba- – that's real news. Because if it, if it turns out that Magic's in on the joke, that's news. Mm-hmm. It's big NBA news. Big NBA news. But – more importantly, Lloyd Pierce. So, so when obviously the Hawks have had a bad year, they've been playing really bad. And Lloyd Pierce has not won a lot of games as the head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. And we talked about it pretty extensively a couple, I guess a week ago now, maybe two weeks now, mm-hmm. when he took time off for the birth of his child, which again, don't fault him for. It's, what most people would do in the midst of losing seven of eight, I think it was at the time. I was very concerned that that was the end of the line for Lloyd Pierce, because if Nate McMillan took over and they played good and then Lloyd Pierce came back and they played bad, he was out. And that is exactly what happened to a T. It's what happened. Now it's the culmination of probably a lot of things. But it's the the concerning thing to me is that the tr- it's just this continued trend of what teams do to these first these young coaches, which is bring them in, allow them to coach you to be a bad team to rebuild, and then when the front office decides, all right, it's time to win games, don't give them the leash to try to actually win with the team that they built. It happened with Ryan Saunders. Not saying Ryan Saunders is the coach for that team or the future for that team, but he never really got a fair shot in my eyes. Lloyd Pierce has had a few years, but for the most part, they were rebuilding and they sucked. They had young, talented guys, but young guys. They had John Collins and Trey. That's pretty much it. Now they, this offseason, they bring in all these guys. They bring in Gallo and Bogdanovich and Rondo, and everyone's hurt. Bogdanovich is out. Rondo has barely played. Hunter, well-documented on here. They've been bad since Hunter got hurt, DeAndre Hunter. But Gallo's barely played, and when he plays, he looks like he can't move. So they go out, and they 
bring in all these players for this coach who they at one point thought was the right coach for them. They don't give him a chance to coach him and they fire him. It just, it's a bad trend. And it makes me, it, I'll tell you what, it does make me worried for Steven Silas in Houston because they are just getting destroyed every night. And I can't imagine they're going to fire him in his first year, but this is just what these, these front offices are doing now. Yeah, I think Steven Silas is safe for this year. That would be truly tragic. I mean, that would be mind-blowing. But with Lloyd Pierce, it's like there's no doubt the Hawks are underachieving pretty badly, honestly. They're six games under 500. We had them pegged as maybe one of the like better teams in the East going into this year. But the guys aren't on the floor, you know? And I do think the fans – I mean, I don't know what the pulse is like in Atlanta. I'm sure fans are upset, but – I hope they could grasp the fact that the team as constructed in the preseason is, was not been on the floor. So unless the players really have an issue with Lloyd Pierce, I'm not with this firing, like give him, give him the year. Yeah. I mean, I, we, I'm it's, it's weird that we didn't really notice it until recently because we talked a lot. We've talked a lot about Alvin Gentry being the second head coach for the Kings and eventually he'd take over, which I think will happen Wednesday Mm -hmm. after their last game before all-star break. But I'm surprised that we never really noticed that Nate McMillan was there. We probably yeah. should have seen the writing on the wall when they brought in Nate McMillan because that's a yeah. guy who never should have been fired in the first place. Well, I just it never even crossed my mind that the Hawks would be six games under 500 at any point this year. You know, like I just thought they were going to be this up and coming hot shot team. So, yeah, that's yeah. what I, I think. That's the problem is that they went out, they spent money, they made deals, they made a splash, so to speak, and there was that narrative whether rightfully so or not from everybody, fans, media, everybody, that this was the team to watch. Mm-hmm. And they've underachieved. But again, they're so injury riddled. They are so injury riddled. The, the, the DeAndre Hunter has been underestimated. There's no discussion there. That does not get talked about by anybody. Mm-hmm. That this team, th- look, we talk about all the time with Houston that they've lost 11 in a row now since Christian Wood's been out. And Wood, yep. Atlanta's defense, which has carried them this year, fell off a cliff. Mm-hmm. They're when, now not even middle of the pack. They're like below in net, net defensive rating or um, defensive rating. They're yeah. plummeted. Exactly. And DeAndre Hunter, and that's since DeAndre Hunter went out, it's not being discussed whatsoever. It's just, oh, they're having a disappointing year. Well, of course. Now, again, is he the guy for them if they're all healthy? Maybe not. But give him a chance. You hired him for that. And this is another guy who, you know, all accounts on Ryan Saunders was that he's a really good dude. And his, you know, he has the family connection to the organization. And they just were like, all right, get leave. Not only has Lloyd Pierce not really been given an opportunity to coach this team at full strength, but he this last year, what he has done in that community, when all the things that were going on in our country and in Atlanta and spe- specifically, the things he did in the community and the leader he became for that whole organization, he was doing interviews on like CNN and stuff like that. They were calling him when things were going on in the city. And he was talking about how we need to come together. He's been very influential. He's helped out. He's big there. And they just they didn't even give him a shot, man. They didn't yeah. even really give him a shot. And it's a terrible, and I will say this, I commend to an extent. Now I don't agree with tanking, 
But I do commend the Sixers to an extent now looking back on things for how much of a leash they gave Brett Brown. Yeah. Because at one point, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, they could have done the same thing to him and they at least gave him a chance to coach Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. And that team had a chance. Yep. He he didn't get it done. He got fired. That's what happens. But at least they gave him the leash. These other these other front offices, it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's it's just not right. And how do we ever know? He, he could have been the coach. He could have not been the coach. But we'll never know because they never really gave him a chance. Yeah, it, it's it's point blank scapegoating. And you know, when a team is as injury riddled as this, like if they're a good team, you want them to hover around five hundred, get their way through it. I guarantee you this team would be around 500 if they had Luka Doncic instead of Trey Young. The biggest mistake about this roster was that move, and that guy's still employed firing head coaches and things like that. Aren't the Mavs under 500? No, they're 17 and 16. Oh. Um, And they've been injured. But they're in the West. I'm just saying the the biggest problem that that the Hawks have faced in the past couple years is passing on a generational talent. And that guy who did it is still employed. I don't necessarily, you're not wrong about that. Like that's going to haunt them, but man, they have a lot of talent. They're in. They do. Yeah. They're under because I'm just Trey Young's not a bad draft pick. He's worse than Luka Doncic, but John Collins is an incredible draft pick. Deandre Hunter is turning out to be an incredible draft pick. Trading for Clint Capella has turned out to be an incredible move. Like this guy's made Travis Schlenk's made a lot of really good moves. They yeah, just I, I don't think I can get past you're never gonna. I mean, no, yeah, it's it's gonna be hard looking back on it. You're always everybody's always gonna that's always those two are always gonna be linked to each other, and that move will always be linked to Travis Schlank. But I do think he's done a really good job of building that roster. They're just all hurt. Yeah. And what can you do? How how can that be the coach's fault? It just it doesn't make sense. And and really, if if we can look at that team this year. Now, now there is probably it is valid that their offense is really bad, and it shouldn't be with the talent that they, even the talent that they have on the floor. Their offense shouldn't be as bad as it is. Is that coaching? Maybe. Is it the fact that their best player is allergic to playing off the ball? I don't know. That's probably that might be part of it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched every game, but they should be able to. Like they should be able to see the things that we see that. They had a top 10 defense, their best wing defender went out and it totally changed their defense. That should should be obvious to them. That's not the coach's fault. Mm. There was reports also, and this is the worst part. Well, not the worst because the guy lost his job and a lot of people will probably end up losing their jobs if Nate McMillan doesn't stay, which is the thing that nobody ever thinks about. Lloyd Pierce gets a job. Lloyd Pierce is hiring probably seven, eight, nine, 10 guys to come work for him. They're coming from other organizations. They're moving their families. Most of them are probably out if they hire a brand new coach. Like, for example, Ryan Saunders' staff next year, most of those guys that work for him are probably gone because Chris Finch, they'll let Chris Finch hire his own staff. People don't think about that stuff. But anyways, um, there was reports that players didn't know it was coming and that they found out from Twitter. Now, I don't know if it was every player, but there was reports that some players were blindsided, didn't know he was getting fired. And that they found out on Twitter. That's horrible. If that's true, it's horrible. Yeah. How does it happen? I mean, I, I know it's tough to keep this stuff under wraps, but like, this is 
Just yeah. Like how does Woj? Like, how is Woj able to tweet it before the players in the right, organization? Right. Right. I mean, there's got to be some level of security with this information. Yeah. It's just it's wild to me that they could the, the the timing. It's just the timing too. I mean, I guess I understand that every win counts. It does, but why are teams firing coaches so close to all-star now? Mm-hmm. Like, couldn't you, like, d- during a down period, you're hosting all-star and you just, I guess you don't want to, f- maybe they don't want to fire them when they're hosting all-star. Yeah, that might be it. And at least they have a guy on their own bench who's stepping in. It's not like this. A guy who's proven to be a very good coach, yeah. by the way. Not like this insanity in Minnesota, but. Yeah, but the fire, just the the lack of, opportunity is the same and it happens yeah it happens pretty regularly and it's god it, it just not you know and, and then you got a guy like luke walton who's been given tons of opportunity to coach that team and he still has a job now I, mm-hmm. it won't be much longer but still just a lot of people are like these two guys who by all accounts are good guys and never really got a shot don't have jobs but luke walton who's also still i think in the midst of like a sexual, like a sexual, yeah, uh, there's some sort some of type of yeah. some type of allegations. That guy's still got a job, um, and it, his team's been healthy, right? Yeah, <laughs> like they, they have like, everybody. Yeah. From what I can tell, they have everybody. The only player that I, the only like big time player for that team that I think they lost is Bogdanovich, right? Mm-hmm. I think everybody else is pretty much back. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, they brought in Hassan Whiteside. So that's, but that's not Luke Walton's fault. But you do that, you're done. I mean, you're screwed. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Lloyd, will, Lloyd Pierce will be a, a lead assistant somewhere. He'll get a really good job. He might even get a chance to be a coach again. But it's a, it's a tough way to go. But I feel like smart organizations will give him a chance because they'll look at what happened here and they'll understand that he didn't get a fair shake, mm-hmm. or at least in my eyes. Especially if the Hawks continue to underachieve, you know, and I mean, if they turn it around, that would actually be turn it around. I I mean, but I think Nate's a better coach. Again, I really, I think Nate McMillan got a bad rap shake Mm -hmm. in Indy. Think about it. That guy had to go and that guy got swept in the playoffs, but he had to go into the playoffs with half his roster. It's another situation that Nate was there for a long time. So, you know, he had his chances but what was it, what were the Pacers expecting in that? Yeah, maybe not to get swept, but what were you expecting to have a a gimpy Oladipo, an injured Sabonis, injured TJ Warren, injured Jeremy Lamb, and you're going to go in there and beat that Heat team? Now looking back on it, that went to the finals. Yeah, come on. Like, whoa. so you know, it just it just constantly. Ha- I just it's it's the. The front offices, it's the, it, and I maybe it's pressure from the owners where it's like we're spending all this money on players, and you chose the players, and we're losing. So what's the deal? Mm-hmm. And you got to assume owners are probably typically a lot closer with general managers than they are the coach. So but totally. Well, yeah. I guess it's situational. Yeah, I would uh, say because as a gen- generally speaking, I would say probably. Like for example, when I was in Memphis, at least from what I, I was sort of an intern, but I was full time. Because it was a weird situation, but I, I was basically a full-time employee, but I started as an intern and certain people were not there during the season. So I kind of jumped in what I could sort of glean from that situation was 
our GM at the time, Chris Wallace, was the only one who talked to the owner. And then Chris would talk to Lionel Hollins, who was the coach. Like they, but I know for a fact, like in Charlotte, MJ talked to Steve Clifford when he hired Steve Clifford. Uh, I don't think, I'm pretty sure he didn't talk to Mike Dunlap very much. <laughs> but I think MJ actually was around, not, a, not around a ton, but I think he did talk to the coaches a little more than generally speaking. I also don't know if he trusted the guy that he hired as GM, Rich Joe. Mm-hmm. Like it was a weird, that was such a messed up situation. So I don't know. I've only been with those two organizations, but I do think it's a case by case basis, but I think great organizations, there's communication across the board and GMs, coaches talk to the owners from time to time and GMs and coaches are linked at the hip. Like, I think those decisions have to be made together. Yeah. There's gotta be trust there because ultimately a lot of these GMs, like they're, they're, they're good, but who knows the team better than. It's like a check and checks and balances situation because most coaches are going to say, here's what we need to win. This is how I coach. Here's how we can get better. And a lot of times coaches are like, go get me a veteran. And it's the GM's job to say, okay, well, hold on. You know, maybe we, maybe this young guy has more talent, might not, might not contribute right away. That type of thing, like evaluate talent, this and that, but they still have to be in, they have to be synced up to be successful. That's why in Miami, San Antonio, Dallas, these guys have been there forever because they're literally just linked with their front offices. And they, through the good and the bad, they've developed a relationship that we understand. Like there's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times, but we, we trust each other. Yeah. I don't understand why that's so hard for organizations to build. It's ego. I truly think it's ego, you know, um, but I agree with you that those are just in every sport. It seems like when, when the front office and the coaching staff are in unison, it's just like a perfect recipe for success. There is. And it just seems like, you know, look, you're not always going to have LeBron or K or a, or a KD thing or whatever it is, but the heat have sustained success over a long period. The Spurs obviously have been the, were the poster organization for a long time and still kind of are. Dallas has always been competitive and continues to be competitive. And there's a blueprint to being a competitive team. And it's the entire organization being in sync. Yep. I don't understand why it's so hard for all these other organizations to understand that, or maybe they're trying and they just can't do it. I think it it actually speaks to how difficult it is for a culture. I don't know if culture is the right word, but just to set up, yeah, yeah, set up the pieces that blend together to create that environment. I think it's really tough. And, yeah, it's absolutely. It's oh, obviously it's tough because look at I mean, look at how long it's taken. Like now, it seems that the Bulls are starting to maybe build something like that with their new GM and Billy Donovan. It's the first year, but everyone there seems to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm trying to think if there's any like other places. It just doesn't seem like there's major trust. I think maybe you guys might be getting that with Doc and Daryl Morey. In Philly, but that's exactly what didn't happen with Elton Brand and Brett Brown and the Colangelos and Brett. Brown. Like well, Brett, I didn't just... think Brett Brown was a great coach. They gave him a no, chance. But, I didn't think he was a very good coach. But I'm just saying, in terms of um, you know synergy between the front office and the coaching staff, it didn't exist, and and now it looks like there may be a lot of that now and winning games. Yeah, I mean, there is something to also happening to p- get you know like Eric Spolstra and. 
Greg Popovich and Rick Carla are three of the best coaches to ever coach. Mm-hmm. So there's also that, but it's not like the heat have been great every single year. And it's not like, like right now the Spurs aren't great. They're actually playing pretty great, but they're not mm-hmm. great, but there's just a trust. There's just a trust there. And it's, it doesn't seem that hard, but obviously it is Definitely. for a lot of these organizations. They try to emulate certain ways of doing things from organizations instead of taking like the core things, which is Mm -hmm. like you said, building the culture. Right. Well, I do think like, I think ego, like finding those guys that are willing to, to work together. Right. um, That's the hardest. Interestingly, you know, they may be building that in New York, which because Leon Rose and CA represented Tom Thibodeau forever. So they, they've been, they've had, those guys have had a relationship forever. So maybe that's a, like one of those marriages that they work really well together. We'll see. Yep. It seems to be working in year one, but yeah, these other organizations, man, they just can't get, can't get it right. There's some bad ones out there. My God. I mean, think about Atlanta. They've been a mess for a while. The Danny yep. Ferry situation. And then Wes Wilcox was their GM and he was a mess. And they just keep, they fired Budenholzer. He got a DUI. <laughs> Remember that? I didn't know he had a DUI. I'm pretty no. sure he had a, a drinking thing, but it might've even been when he was with the Bucks. but there was something drinking, maybe a DWI, something like that. But they, they've just been for, they just can't get right them. And then they brought in Travis Schlank from golden state. And it was, and it looked like he was building something pretty special and they go and get their young guy. And now they don't give him a chance. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's not, I guess it's not, as easy. Yeah, it's not as easy as it seems, I guess from, two guys podcasting that have never mm-hmm. run an organization. I mean, I could step in and coach any team in the league right now, but that, that's a whole different story. Yeah. It's, yeah. You probably, I mean, you could coach, I them. could coach them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know what the results would be, but... Yeah, you could. You definitely could coach them. All right, let's go through these games real quick tonight. Not the best slate of games, I would say. So we can... Downright kind of... stinky, I would say. Not, yeah. not a good slate. Uh, Pelicans jazz is probably the bet the not necessarily the game of the night. Cause Brooklyn, San Antonio had a wild ending. Well, at least to regulation, but the Pelicans kind of the way I was talking about Chicago, but the Pelicans are starting to you know, the confidence start seems to be starting to catch up to the talent. Yeah. Uh, although they did almost blow it. Yeah, their defense is still awful, so but they are, they just can't, they, when their offense is clicking, man, it's unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And JJ Redick, he's getting minutes. And look at what happens to their offense. He plays 20 minutes. They score a hundred and they score a hundred and what? 29 29. points. They beat the jazz 129, 124. They score 129 points against one of the best defenses in the NBA. Seems to be a correlation between one of the best shooters in the NBA getting minutes and their offense playing better. Yeah. Interesting. They, they truly did. I'm trying to figure out what their biggest lead was with a couple minutes left. They were up like 15 with five minutes left, something like their that. Their biggest lead was... 13 with... 17. Okay. They were up 17 at one point. 
Wow. So yeah, it got a little dicey at the end there, but um, it's just amazing. Like we talk about how the Nets offense is so good and their defense doesn't even have to be good. Um, I mean, they're in a whole different category, but if the Nets didn't exist, this is the team where we'd be like, Jesus, if they just had a, a good defense, so? I just mean that they, this is a playoff team with a middle of the pack defense. I really like easily. That's how good their offense is to me. But I'll tell you why that is, though. And I know everyone will say Zion and Brandon Ingram. But it's Lonzo. He's made such a leap this year. He's playing great. And I don't think it's kind of going under the radar. Yeah, he's... What did I say? I said Lonzo. I I thought you were talking about the issues with their defense. Oh, I just mean that their offense... Gotcha. Obviously, Zion looks unstoppable. And Brandon Ingram, we know what he is, but... The leap that Lonzo's taken, I think, is going way under the radar because of how good Zion is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twenty three, eight, and seven tonight. He's yeah. still shooting the shit out of the ball from three, and he just he's making things look easy too. I I really like watching him play when he's on and healthy because he has had like he's been dinged up here and there throughout his he career. Gets knee stuff, yeah, yeah. But uh, he he's he looks really good, and they they look like they have a really good young three, like a big three that's very young right now. Yeah, I mean, if Lonzo can keep progressing this way, mm-hmm. that yeah, it could be interesting. But their deep defense him. is so their defense is their defense is so bad. It stinks. It really stinks. Um, if he's really on the table and other teams are watching, I don't know how you don't make an offer like as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine he's on the table. I just can't. He's playing so good. Yeah, it's hard to find point guards who do all the things that he does. Yeah, and he's by all accounts a very good defender. He is. And that's what I mean. I mean, he yeah. now that he shoots the ball really well from three, he does everything. Mm-hmm. He's not ever. He's never going to be like a twenty-five a game guy. But I'm maybe on the record. Yeah, you, you don't need that from your point guard. Maybe that's the problem. He thinks he can be that, and that's why it's so hard to get his get a deal done with him or something. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, but he wasn't even that in college. He's always Did been they... kind of known as sort of like an all-around guy. Mm-hmm. But didn't uh, I, I'm just trying to pin down why they wouldn't have signed him to like a reasonable deal. I think he I thinks he's worth more than he is, but with, and that's fine. I'm, but I'm, I think David Griffin just he loves draft picks. Yeah, it's true too. So I I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know who that. Maybe he likes. Maybe they like Bledsoe better, which would be absurd. Yeah, that would be that very would be stupid. But. I could see Stan Van Gundy being the type of coach who just sort of like he's he's more experienced. He's been in the playoffs. I don't know with Eric Bledsoe, like he's just so clear. He's not he's not on the same tier to me. I, I don't know. I know. I know. And some some good team should try to go get Willie Hernan Gomez from them. This guy, yeah, every playing. time he plays, he puts up he get like double double machine. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, they're good. Their offense is so good, but. Yeah, I guess they're like a poor man's version of what Brooklyn has because this team needs to play defense. They, they, mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to do that. Like, Brooklyn will score 125 every night. Right. That's what Pelicans, I'm saying. Yeah, like, the Pelicans have the ability to, but they won't do it. Right. I'm just saying, if you took Brooklyn out of the equation because they're such an anomaly, I'm saying, like, this would be the team where you're like, damn, if they could just get themselves a good defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Utah's, it, law, Utah's three and three in their last six. Yeah, this I, I wouldn't categorize this as a bad loss. You know, the Pelicans just played fantastic tonight. Um, so I'm not I'm not too worried about the Jets. I'm not wor- well, I'm not worried, but I do think it could be a sign of regression back to what 
we, they, we actually think they are, which yeah. is yeah, middle of the pack playoff team, not best team in the NBA. Although when you're coming off of what was that? 10 game winning, nine game winning streak, something like that. Three and three. Well, they won like 19 of 20. Or something. Yeah. So, I mean, three and three is not good. It's not bad. bad. 500 is yeah. not good. Not in the West. So if, if they go back, you know, I don't think they're going to be a 500 team, but you know, I need them to start losing some games because I put $25 on Eric Spolstra at 4,000 at plus 4,000 to win coach of the year. Yeah. But all your eggs are in the Mike Conley top shot basket. So that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Well, but Utah going to the playoffs or going to the finals has nothing to do with him winning coach of the year. Gotcha. Okay. So you just need the, you don't really care what Utah does in the regular season. You just need them to win the, I need them to go on a Miami esque run to the finals and win it. And Mike Conley get the finals MVP. Okay. So yeah, that's all I need boxes to check. Yeah. That, yeah. That's all I need. Yeah. I'm not worried about them either, but three and three, it's an interesting thing to monitor. If they, if this is more like what they are mm-hmm. and like giving up 124 points to any team is not good, especially when you're supposed to be a top five defense. Yeah. 129. They gave 129. Them. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. Uh, the other, basically the only other exciting game tonight was Brooklyn, San Antonio and Brooklyn ends up winning 124, 113. KD still out. He's out till after the break, but the end of this game. So it's a two point game. With, I don't know, 15 or so seconds left. Kyrie Irving. Oh, I'm at, the highlight is actually on NBA TV right but now as I'm talking. About talking it. about regulation, right? The end of yeah, regulation. And then, yeah, game went to overtime. This end, they end up winning by 11. But this was, so the end of regulation, Brooklyn's up two. Kyrie Irving misses a wide, like about as wide open of a layup as you could get. Like right in front of the rim, misses a layup. DeJounte Murray ends up with the ball. In transition, James Harden, I don't even know how you describe it as anything other than body checks DeJounte Murray to the ground. No call. DeJounte Murray somehow gets up with the ball and hits a shot at the buzzer to tie it. Wow. It was, it was so, I couldn't, it was like, what, what just happened? He literally, he just, I don't even, I guess I, maybe he didn't check him, but he's just stood there. Like he stood there and just crushed Murray to the ground. And Murray somehow was able to be close enough to the ball that he came up with it and, and hit the shot at the buzzer. I'm watching it right now. That's sick. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. It was a pretty um, crazy ending. And yeah. then, and then the nets just blew them out in overtime. I think they came out on like an eight Oh run in overtime. And this is what we're talking about with the nets. Like even when you even when you play decent defense against them, it, which San Antonio did for a lot of the game, at some point, it just seems like they're always going to turn it on. It's it's getting a little bit outrageous to have one. I think what they're like five and one without the second best player in the league. Like, <laughs> what is that? I mean, what? A, so when they get Kevin Durant back and this team gets 10, 15, 20 games together with their big three what are we looking at here going into the playoffs? Like getting scary. There is a groundswell happening of support for James Harden to be in the MVP conversation. Yeah. It, that's, it's not going to happen. There's no way tonight. Listen to what he did tonight. 30 points, 15 assists, 14 rebounds, no turnovers. First time in NBA history, 30, 15 and 10 with no turnovers. That's uh, that, that is remarkable. Amazing game, historic game, but you can't vote 
for an MVP for a guy who is objectively not the best player on his own team. Just can't happen. Well, but what if, but what if he's, but what if the, the best player on the team misses 30 games or 40 if games? If he misses 30 you, games, then it's a different story. Sure. Oh, I, but, yeah. I don't think but, he's going to. Right. I thought, so yeah, calm yeah. down when KD comes back, but sit, they haven't missed a beat without KD. And yeah. no, he's I'm not, not just him. Kyrie's playing great, but it's, it's him and Bruce Brown. <laughs> yeah. Former Piston, Bruce Brown. I'm not taking away anything that James Harden's doing. I just, I think him in the MVP conversation is not right. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right to me. Well, Kendrick he's, Perkins said he's the best player in the NBA right now. Okay. Well, that's one for my argument that <laughs> Kendrick Perkins <laughs> saying all kinds of crazy shit. Then it's probably uh, not, not the case that he's the MVP. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I don't know. I, We'll see. I guess, yeah, it's going to depend on what happens with KD, when KD, when he comes back, how many games he misses, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we got a few more games to get through. Nothing, not a ton of excitement. But before we get to the rest of the games, I want to tell you guys about Blue Wire Hustle. Oh, I love this part. <laughs> it's a great part. It's, it's probably the most informative thing you'll hear on this show. When we talk about Blue Wire Hustle, if we do an ad read on this show, you probably should listen to that over anything else. Mm-hmm. Really, if you're, you know, if you really want to get smarter, listen to us talk about Blue Wire Hustle. Maybe listen to the NBA stuff. Blue Wire Hustle, though, it's a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here with us at Blue Wire. It was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. That might be good for you, Alex. I don't know. On top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part, it's only $15 a month. That's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge. I, I say that. I say that wrong. It's either written wrong or I say that wrong every time. It's the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. Doesn't that sound, am I reading that wrong? Or is there the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for, yeah, no, yeah. It's a little bit, I don't know. It's a little weird because every time Mm -hmm. I notice that this is like the fifth time I've done the blue wire hustle thing, which is great, by the way, everyone should go sign up for it. But I feel like that line I met, I, I stumble on my words every time. I don't know. But anyways, it's the same rate as other hosting sites. And, they, and with them, you only get the initial setup. With this, you get all this other stuff. The best part, wait, nope, just read that. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited. So get your application today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhu stle.com slash j-o-i-n wow see that is you know we talk about guys needing to get in the gym you know get some free throws up i called out joey for his url read last episode he comes back flawless flawless url i brought the heat i brought the heat even with the stumbles i think i brought the heat on that yeah you know but this is why i get so frustrated with guys like ben simmons like they don't work on their game you know it Mm -hmm. took you one night to have that turned around it's pretty remarkable yeah but i also actually i don't even know what i was i don't know i got nothing 
Yeah, I was well, gonna make some. Program. I was gonna that's make some kind idea. of practice joke and getting shots up, but I. Yeah, it's it's late. These ten thirty games are killing me. I know, but point is, Blue Wire Hustle, great program. Yeah, Blue Wire is just great in general. All right, let's get through these games real quick. Rockets are a mess. They lost. They lost their eleventh in a row tonight. Old Depot came back, and they still can't win a game. I'm very concerned with that situation. They need Christian Wood back desperately, but I don't even know. It just sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just sucks what's happening there. I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about this there, team. There's anymore. only like, what, one, what can you say anymore? There's one important note about this game, and that is Cleveland is now putting distance be, between themselves and Houston for worst against the spread record. Houston is horrible against the spread. They're yeah. 11 and 22 against the spread. Cleveland with this win, they're two games better than them. You don't necessarily want to bet on Cleveland, but you definitely do not want to bet on the Rockets right now. Um, well, I was going to say the other important thing from the other important thing from this game is that Colin Sexton just continues to emerge as an absolute budding star. He's in the sick. League. He really is. He's so good. He he should be in the mix again. This is another guy who, if it's just about skill development, should be in the mix for most improved player because he's just gotten so much better. I'm with that. That I forget who's the other guy. Oh, Julius Randall. I, I don't think Julius Randall had one. I saw some most improved player odds today. Yeah. One was Jeremy Grant. Two was Christian Wood. Three was Jalen Brown. Wow. I see. I don't. I'm not with that. Like guys who are already established and awesome in my mind. I can't really factor them in. And maybe that's not correct. Was but... Julius Randall awesome in your mind? No, Jalen Brown. I'm talking about Jalen I know, Brown. but you were about to talk about Julius Randle. Julius Randle has been a good player for long enough that I, he's he can't be most improved to me. Mm. He's been good for three years. He's been a good player. He was sort of labeled a bust in L.A. I didn't label him a bust. So we're talking about my perspective here. Well, either way, Colin Sexton. Stud. 30. By the way, they won 101.90. So Houston, Houston just can't get anything going. Sexton, 39 tonight. He's, yeah, he's, him and Jared Allen. Yeah, it's a nice, nice couple pieces. I, Darius Garland doesn't seem to be playing that great these days. You know who we forgot about in all of this? JaVale McGee. Just yeah, you, still, haven't, you haven't ranted about JaVale McGee in a while. Do you want to get one out of your system here? Or? I didn't watch this game, but good. I mean, we keep talking about all these guys that could potentially teams could trade for. He's still just sitting there, man. Three-time NBA champion. Mm-hmm. Playing some of the best basketball of his career. Somebody free this guy. He deserves yeah. a fourth title. He deserves it. I he think he's earned a it. chance to bring a title to another team. I think is the other way. To I put mean, it. wouldn't you want an NBA champion of this caliber to help take your team to the next level? I don't know how you couldn't. No, yeah, I would. I would want that. Speaking of teams that need someone to bring them to the next level to win a championship. Good transition. Philly won tonight. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Philly won 30-114 against the Pacers. 130, um, yep. There's not much takeaway from this game other than that the Pacers need the All-Star break. The, the Pacers are – I mean, they've not been great since trading away Oladipo and then their big piece in return for that deal has not played. It's hard to really hammer him for that, but – they just look so good to start the year, and tonight they look sluggish. They just their defense is horrible. 
So maybe this is a refreshed team after the all-star break, but Philly, I mean, the Sixers walked through this one. Um, nobody even played that great except Shake Milton at 26. He, he, I love Shake Milton. Really good player. Fun to He's going to get paid, huh? I think so. I th- Not like anything crazy, but right, he's going to get, like, he's going to get a nice deal. Yeah. He's definitely made himself some money this year. I mean, he's, in a, he's, a, he's a sixth man that you can win with. I mean, that says something to have to be at the top of the East and he's your sixth man. Yeah. Yes. For Cam seems to be playing better too lately. He is. <laughs> it's for Khan. Yes, for Cam. I, I, I still, I need to, I'm not with that one yet, but we'll see. But yeah, he's shooting the ball great. Um, he's shooting a lot too. He had 13 three-point attempts tonight. Um, yeah, good win for Philly, but more than anything, Pacers, oof. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that because I know you watched that game. Pacers, outside of the guys who have been hurt like Jeremy Lamb and TJ Warren, like this is the same team they've pretty much been playing with all year. So it, I guess just looking at the box score, I was wondering they must just be. They look zapped. Yeah. It's not the same team. I watched this team. I haven't watched them in a while, but they looked so good probably 10 games or so into the year when I did watch them last. And so uh, no credit to your guys for just being the better team. No, it's credit because you know, it's a nice win against a team that's probably going to be in the playoffs, I would think, and they just handled their business. But mm-hmm. it's not like Sixers, they put up 130, but they didn't like they, – they turned the ball over 19 times. Like, it's not like they had this amazing game, you know? Right. Uh, all right, last couple games, Denver beat Chicago, which is disappointing only because I texted you when Chicago was up and I said, these guys are cover machines. And then they which didn't they cover. are, just not tonight. And then they didn't cover. Jokic had 39. He had 17, maybe more in the fourth quarter. He was dominant in the fourth quarter. But I do – and then we should talk about Denver because they won the game, but I'm just more interested in Chicago. I like mm-hmm. watching that team. They're fun to watch, and I just – they're another team like New Orleans where it seems like their confidence is starting to catch up with their talent level with their young team mm-hmm. because they're competitive in every game. They're one of those teams that they're going to lose a lot of close games this year. And that's the type of team that you expect maybe next year to make a big jump. Yeah. Like teams that are just now learning how to win, losing a lot of close games, but are t- super talented in the next, the next year is when you start seeing them win some of these closer games, but they're still fun to watch with the, with the talent that they have. Yeah. I completely agree. And I'm interested to hear your take on this. Cause it's kind of like an interesting decision. We talk about Thad young a lot and how he could help another team, but like, if you're the bulls, wouldn't you just like let this thing play out? You know, like, do you really need another late round, a late first round pick or help the, or have this guy to help you win games or and be in close games against good teams? I'm starting He's playing to so towards. good for them. I know. I, I would leave this alone, this formula that you have. Just let it play out this season. Um, develop guys. What's his contract? Good question. Like if he's a free agent and he's going to leave anyways, maybe you just get what you can get because you know you're not winning a title this year. I guess, yeah. And you, It's tough. Hold on, I'm looking it up now. No, he's under – he's under – it's partially guaranteed for next season at 14 mil. So – I'd let this thing play out and see what you've got next year. Cause I think you might be, you know, not necessarily a contender next year, but I think you're a good team in the East next year. If yeah. not by the end of this year, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Last two games, Dallas beat Orlando one thirty one twenty four. 
Luca had another great game. Porzingis is playing, mm-hmm. not playing well. Made five shots. Three of them were threes. He took 10 threes. I, I just don't – his guy might be washed. Yeah, well, yeah, and it just sucks because he's so young still, man. Like, washed – Washed is like a guy that's like mid thirties and he doesn't have, this dude's just not healthy. Like, mm-hmm. but I'm not confident he ever gets healthy again. So maybe that's the definition of washed. Yeah. I, I don't Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Basically when you were good, you're there, but yeah, maybe but you're, you're, you were good and now you suck. Yeah. I'm not saying he sucks, but he's definitely not what he was. Mm-hmm. He's not getting it back. But doesn't I, look like it. And that's okay. Maybe he does, but I don't think so. I watched a little bit of this game too. You know what? I think could be interesting. Remember the other day I was saying potentially bring Josh Richardson off the bench and let him run the second unit. Mm -hmm. Maybe Jalen Brunson's the guy to put in the starting lineup and play with Luca. He looks really good. I think he fits with Luca. He's not a bad shooter. He and Luca could play off the ball a little more and it would take some pressure off of him to not always have the ball in his hand. Mm -hmm. And then your bench unit would be Josh Richardson, Tim Hardaway. It's not bad. My issue with that is then your starting five becomes really bad defensively. Like Jalen Brunson is a minus defender from what I've seen this year um, because he's just he's so small. Um, so I don't know about that. He's pretty tough. He's slow for a, generally for a point guard, but he's pretty strong. The, the games I've I'm okay. So yeah, I no, no, he, I've I, watched he's, he's not, been a minus to yeah. me. I, I don't think he's like an awful defender, but he's yeah, he's sort of he's tough, but he's just not definitely tough. Not I like Jalen Brunson as a player, a lot like his dad defensively was. Yeah, just like not very athletic, but just sort of scrappy. Mm-hmm. Temple guy, yeah, I think or St. Joe's. But either way, look, Josh Richardson, another really bad game. Just like just yeah. doesn't fit in that. It just doesn't fit. Uh, Vucevic is an all star, twenty nine, fifteen, and eight. Just continuing to put up yeah. really great numbers on a really bad team. Yeah. Or beat up team, but not a playoff team. And then the last game is the game that just ended a little bit ago while we were on here, which is Portland ended up pulling away. They beat Charlotte 123-111. Mello looked great. He had 29. Damian Lillard hit he had at least one that I saw, but he all he had another one of those. Top of the key, dribble, one dribble left, step back to his left, 26 foot three. It, it's become like the most predictable and also unstoppable shot in the league right now. It was James Hardaway's step back. It's starting to, James Harden. Starting to think. <laughs> James Harden. James what did I say? James Hardaway. I was like, wait. wait. Yeah, no, I'm talking about James Hardaway. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Do you know, do you, you don't know James Hardaway? No. Assuming he's. Step back straight. Oh, okay. I this must be a guy before my time that was just sick. No, no, it's not a real person. <laughs> uh, James Harden, his, his is still pretty unstoppable too. But Dame's again, he just it's like every time he shoots, I feel like it's going in. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it's man, I, this team's overachieving. I don't think he's still in the MVP conversation, but he's having a great year. Um. This is Robert Covington's best game by like a mile. I think he had 21 and 10. He will, well, he was listening to the pod the other day when I uh, said that he was in the skills competition and you basically uh, shit it on him. Yeah, you basically I destroyed it. I, I actually thought about that today because I, I love Robert. Robert Covington's a process sixer. I, thought, I was like, man, I did Robert Covington dirty 
Like he did. He was like, I shouldn't have talked about him like that. Absolutely not known for his skills or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Which I stand by, but I just should have said it more friendly. Well, maybe not. He had his best game of his career. Maybe you okay. should say that more about yeah. not best game of his career. Well, maybe it was, I don't know. A really good game. Not probably not of his career. He had some great ones last year, too. Yeah. Um, by the way, I was talking to Norris Cole earlier today, and we were talking about the dunk contest. And I mentioned Anthony Simons, and I was like, I've never seen him do anything athletic. I've only seen him shoot. And he's like, no, he's a freak. Had no idea. Tells so, me he plays his role in Portland, I guess. Or yeah, maybe he said he's absolutely, he said, wait till you see. He's very athletic. Nice. I said, this is going to be the most underwhelming dunk contest in the history of dunk contests. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't maybe, know. I guess the, this, the, the hype is so low that it can only impress me, maybe, or it could be an utter dumpster fire. Well, he made a good point about Cassius Stanley, which is even though he doesn't play, and I guess like some NBA fans don't know who he is, he was one of those kids who in high school had like a ton of YouTube views. So the mm-hmm. younger people probably know of him and gotcha. will watch to see him in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. I don't know why, why he he's in. Uh, Hornets, you know, they're going to be up and down. They win, they're going to win some, lose some. But I'm telling you, dude, you just just get just get on the train. Just get on. The I train. can't get on the train now. It would just be such a hypocritical move for me. I I I'll, how about this? I will get off of the Lamelo Ball hater train. I'll get I'll step off of that train. I guess it's a step in the right direction. But yeah, you are obviously not seeing what seemingly everyone else on the planet is seeing i think i said that i was like i'm not seeing it i think i said that about a month ago and it's just look at this he's i think he's had six games in a row now scoring 20 something like that he had 30 tonight Mm -hmm. 30 points eight assists six rebounds four steals five of seven from three and everything really good right everything he does just is smooth i'm worried i'm too dug in on my stance um, so maybe I'll just think, try to ease my, I can't just come out tonight and be like, I, I, this guy's great. You know? So let me, give me a couple weeks to like ease into good graces with LaMelo. Ball. Yeah. Like maybe just watch the next couple like games they play, but in, in their entirety. Okay. Cause I think the more you, if you just watch him in a game, the, the, the things he does on the court for his age, they're pretty remarkable. It's, it is pretty shocking to see that he's 19, putting up 38, six, and four steals. Yeah, and shooting the ball well from three. Mm-hmm. That's the key, honestly. I mean, he shot, what he shoot, 40% from three in February. That That's amazing. Yeah. And NBA Twitter almost exploded today when him and Carmelo Anthony embraced each other before the game because there's been this ongoing debate between old people and young people on Twitter on who is actually mellow. Oh, a lot of hardcore mellow fans saying talk. It's Carmelo Anthony. They're both mellow. Who gives a shit? (laughs) I give a shit. There's a lot of people like stop calling LaMelo mellow. They both have mellow in their name. He is mellow. So is mellow. If people call LaMelo ball mellow, that's fine. I know they call Carmelo mellow. Because he's mellow. (laughs) He's the original mellow. LaMelo Anthony has mellow in his Twitter handle. It's mellow. You just said LaMelo Anthony. (laughs) I am all over the place. (laughs) I love it though. I can't speak English tonight. 
I can't. I can't. Well, you're speaking like a different dialect, and it's just pretty great. <laughs> I'm just mixing every NBA player. I'm glad you're catching it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're it's a catching real treat. it. <laughs> Lamelo Anthony. At least in this he one, he would I was be about, unstoppable. Lamelo Anthony has it all. At least, though. At least I in this on this one, I was talking about two players in the same game. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Not James Hardaway. Some guy that doesn't exist, or well, neither does Lamelo Anthony. Not yet, but I'm going to create him in 2K tonight, and and just and he's going to be the best player on the planet. Ultimately, it, the 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 moral of this NBA season is that Levar Ball got us all. He really got us all. Yeah, two out of three ain't bad, and two really good ones. Really good one. Wow. Yeah, I. That's weird. I always forget that they're bro- like I like they're such. There's. I don't know. No, I don't know why I I don't keep in mind that they're brothers, but that's. Partially, I think, because part of it is that LaMelo is the youngest and he also went off the radar, just went overseas, yeah, sort of distanced himself from the dad and did his own thing. And now he's a stud. Mm -hmm. And for a little bit, it looked like Lonzo was going to be a bust, which people think a lot of people were kind of rooting for because they hated LeVar Ball. Yeah. Which sucks because Lonzo, by all, everything I've seen is like a really like good dude. I think Lonzo Ball is a good guy. And, And a great rapper. Well... Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's it, right? I think so. Unless you want to take a shot at any more names. No, but if anybody out there listening wants to send us some funny name combinations, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review and we'll read them on the show. I think that could be a funny thing if people yeah. would actually send some in. We'll see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I'll come up with some. No doubt, because it's just going to happen accidentally. <laughs> but, you know. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Later. Later. Benfit, that's a fact. I have Benfit, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, Penfed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. Penfed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of Penfed, insured by NCUA.